1: Visit the Bedfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to bedfredsports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: Are they expecting me to turn up in a miniskirt and a pair of, you know, fishnets or whatever, and I walk into my pink tracksuit with a keyboard <laughs> under my arm, and they're all looking at me, and I just I remember I felt like, I'll prove it because i knew that the minute i opened my mouth i kind of make them all go
3: can you talk about the first time you heard her sing i was just blown away when i heard it i couldn't believe it and uh, then we played just some of the instrumental stuff we had she was really impressed and so uh she can get the next wednesday i think or something like that and put, put but put Lingo
1: on a tape
2: Food for you. You got me
3: and welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. Got my brother Quentin with me today. And that was the voice of Dolores O'Riordan of the Cranberries. I butchered that last name pretty bad last week. So I wanted to make sure I got it right. I listened to several interviews. The second O is silent. O'Riordan is how they were pronouncing it over there. Okay. Well, that's good to know. But anyway, so uh, that was her talking about um, that was from a, a, a MTV. Uh, interview clip um, from back in the nineties, ninety-five, uh, where she was talking about when she walked in to audition to be the singer for the band at the time, um, and how you know she walked into a room full of guys, and you know she knew that that like she had her secret weapon to seal the deal was her, was her amazing voice, and that's what we're going to mainly focus on today. I think is just how amazing a vocalist she is. And how unique her her vocals were in the nineties rock uh scene right and 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 how that helped them stand out so much amongst the grunge artists, right I mean I'm really excited to get into it just because for me, I just know the mega hits from the cranberries, you know yeah, I never actually i haven't dove into them yet myself, just um other than what i like I said what I heard. On the radio back in the in the nineties. Yeah, everybody remembers and still loves "Linger," "Dreams," "Zombie," which was on their second record. But yeah, th- those those uh those songs are just iconic, massive hits, right? There's a lot of great stuff uh, as you can imagine on their on their first three records at least. So that's what we're gonna do. We're actually gonna play uh songs from a, a few songs from their first three records. Uh, so we're going to kind of mix it up a little bit, which is always fun to do because you get a good a good sense of, of, of the band that way versus just focusing on one record, which is what we typically do. But yeah, we're not going to get too much into the background of the band or anything like that. Well, I did want to ask you, Trav, um, you said that she walked into her audition. Yeah. Were they a band before she joined? Yeah, I'll give you a quick synopsis then. So uh, they formed in the 80s. Um, and it was two brothers, basically, um, the Hogan brothers who are actually, uh, descendants of a 19th century Irish poet named Michael Hogan. So these are the Hogan brothers, Noel and Mike, and they met the drummer Fergal or Fergil Lawler in the mid eighties. They started, uh, you know, kicking around they brought on this other guy to be the lead singer originally named uh, Neil Quinn, but he was also in a, another band at the same time, so he was doing like double duty kind of stuff, and then he decided to focus all of his efforts on the other band, and so that left open the spot for lead singer. She was 18 at the time. She walked in with a pink tracksuit on and a Casio keyboard under her arm, and she's this really tiny kind of petite person, so... Uh, I don't think she had the buzz cut at the time, but, you know, she had the really short hair by the time they hit the mainstream. But, yeah, she's just very um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Not uh, not very um, – Not someone who would command the room or whatever. Exactly. And then as she said it there, you know, she once she opened her voice, then that's, that's it, right? So they had some songs written already. They actually had Linger uh, was actually written at the time. Oh man, um, I wonder if there's any recordings of that Neil guy singing it. <laughs> oh, th- well, they they had written it; they hadn't recorded anything. Oh man, okay, but yeah, or at least not that I, not that I've seen. Well, that must have been awesome for her. Like, I kind of like what she was saying in that interview. Like, I knew, you know, I knew that I that I had I had the chops, hiding in my vocal cords. Right, and and, and again, like that's that's kind of what made them so special was was her, right? So. We're going to get right into the tunes here, Q. But um, let me just say real quick, because this is relevant for the first song that we're going to play. Uh, she was, by the time she was, I guess, right around the time she joined the band, actually, when she was like 16, she was listening heavily to The Smiths, The Cure, REM, Depeche Mode, right? Big big hitters, right? As far as like names that we all know and love, right? Uh, also suing the Banshees. The Kings, right? So she was heavily into like New Wave, lots of New Wave, and then lots of um, alt rock, early alt rock stuff from R.E.M., I guess, right? What I wanted to – the reason I wanted to bring up the Smiths at least is I you, you hear that throughout the, the Cranberry, uh, the sound of the Cranberries, or at least the guitar work, and uh, Dolores played rhythm guitar as well for the band. So their first record came out in 1993 – it's called Everybody Else is Doing It, So Why Can't We? Our first pick from this record, though, actually didn't appear on the record. But it was done, um, it was recorded during those sessions, right? And they released a um, sort of a complete sessions type record. Um, the reason I want to play is because it doesn't really sound like them yet. You know, like you can tell this, is you know, there's a reason why I didn't make it to the record. But it's a great song, and it also, I think, showcases that Smith's influence quite a bit. So this song is called Reason. love it man um i like that bass line it, and the drums are great too uh um, yeah but uh, yeah so the bass player is mike hogan just to, to to give you the roster here i i sort of named them but i didn't really say what they did so mike hogan's on bass noel hogan uh is guitar lead guitar and he also did a lot of the songwriting alongside dolores so they both kind of wrote, wrote the songs together fergal on drums and then dolores singer songwriter rhythm guitar player but yeah i really like that song quite a bit actually but you can if you um you'll see what i mean when i start playing the rest of the tracks like you can tell she was still finding her her um i don't want to say her voice because like her voice is her voice but i mean like the way that she had that traditional like irish um characteristics to her vocal delivery right you don't really hear it that much in that song so it's almost like she was still trying to it makes me wonder like when she walked into that audition we'll never know but like did she did she tap into that kind of thing like or did she keep that in her back pocket like hey yeah i wonder if she just kind of kept that tucked away until like a few more sessions with the group we'll never know but i do know this this next song definitely showcases that and you think you like that song too just wait till you hear this one okay <laughs> This one is very, very stripped down and like basic as far as like what's going on with the guitars, the drums, stuff like that. Very, very toned down. But her vocal delivery is what makes it like, it makes it, you know, it brings that gut punch, right? So here we go. This is another song. This is actually off the record. Um, again, the, the record we're talking about here is their debut record. Everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? And this song is called Pretty. And that song would not be as impactful if it wasn't for the way she sings it, right? That's everything in that song. Yeah, and it's like, I know we don't like using this word, cue, <laughs> but it's haunting, right? It's haunting. Uh, big and because of what she's doing, like it's it is haunting. The way she's doing the verse is almost like a very breathy kind of, uh, almost like a whisper, almost. And then she comes in with and the way the drums accentuate, yeah. Her vocals going up too, which is really cool. I mean, yeah, I guess now that now that I think about it more, yes, the song wouldn't be as impactful without her. But like you were, like you just said, the way that that every single member, mm-hmm. the, the way that they play their instrument, it, yeah, all of it adds adds to to the impact of the song. Like, yeah, those drum hits are really cool. The guitar has this sort of um, like a flan, not a flange, but like a, a tremolo kind of effect on it, which I think actually kind of helps with like sort of that in-and-out kind of pull that happens with her her vocals, you know? Yeah. Anyway, that was a really, like, there was only like 20 seconds left in that song. Very simple, straightforward song. I feel like it's really just, it's it's a showcase of her voice, right? And just how powerful it is. Yeah. Let me say this, dude. While I was listening to that, it made me think of our um, conversation that we had about Day, how she really didn't think they were going to make it huge because of the landscape of music when they were releasing just straight-up jazzy stuff mm-hmm. in the age of, like, keyboards and synth pop and, yeah, you know, the stuff that was happening in the 80s. Like you were saying, dude, the Cranberries, in that landscape in the 90s, like, man, they no one else was like the Cranberries in, in the 90s. Yeah, but the, the interesting thing about them, though, is that, like, When you listen to Zombie, there is some straight grunge, almost like a shoe, almost a shoegaze grunge kind of uh, guitar, the the main guitar riff when it kicks in, the distortion and stuff kicks in. So it's not like they weren't doing the alt rock grunge sound, but they were doing it plus some, some jangle Brit pop type stuff from their influences plus her vocals, right? So it's not like they were completely out of left field. But they were, but they had such a unique spin on the sound of the time, you know. Well, especially with songs like "Pretty." Yeah, exactly. But yeah, this is kind of dumb. I didn't actually mention this. I think it's one of those things that's just kind of known. But they were their their origin is Ireland. They're from Limerick, Ireland. That wasn't uh, known. I mean, I feel like that was pretty obvious after that intro clip. <laughs> sure. Yeah, they're obviously not uh, from America. Um, but anyway, from the interviews that I that I watched and listened to, they were just as shocked as um, as anybody maybe uh, w- with the success that they had once they once they're it's probably a similar thing. I didn't really look into it, but they probably got picked up on some radio stations in the U.S. and then that's it, right? That's the end of it. I think they released they released Linger and they released um, uh, Dreams. I think Dreams first and then Linger, and Linger is what you know where they really took off. All right, so I got one more track from this record. I wanted to play those two because I think Reason helps kind of show that influence coming in because it kind of sounded like a, a new wave Smiths t- type of song. Pretty was just to show you what she can do with your vocals. Now, the rest of these are straight Cranberry James cue is what, is what I'm calling them. <laughs> um, all right, so here we go. This is our last pick from their first record. Everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? This song is called Still Can't. A soft spot in my heart for a well-placed la-da-da you know <laughs> you when it's done do right, it right. It's just it just get you yeah you gotta do it right but yeah um, i can hear the rem influence definitely rem and specifically her the way she uh strums like her strum patterns and stuff mm-hmm. because she's rhythm you you could tell when it's her yeah it's it's straight up smith's um but yeah just you know i think Maybe on on this record, more so than their follow-up record, with the exception maybe of Zombie, a lot of the stuff on their debut record uh, is kind of dark, darker sounding, which I always gravitate toward that kind of stuff. I, you know, I like that kind of stuff, I know. (laughs) Uh, The next record, we're only going to play one song from their next record, Uh, No Need to Argue, which again, that you want to talk about explode zombie is like their mega hit off the second record probably their biggest hit to date um but i guess the point i was trying to make is if you listen to most of the stuff on this record no need to argue it's a little bit softer lighter um doesn't have a lot of the same the same sound that their first record did so they changed a little bit of their vibe but uh, i'm gonna play a song that's got some it's got some uh I guess you could tell which what type of cranberry song I like by the by the songs I'm bringing today, but um, but anyway, that's just I guess worth noting that like they have a wide range of sound. Um, I'd say for the most part it it, it you know because if you think about dreams and linger compared to the tracks I just played, they definitely lean more toward the R.E.M. side of alt rock than, uh, like I say, they maybe flirt with grunge like a couple like footsies under the table kind of flirting with grunge you know what i mean not (laughs) like barely scratch the surface but they still very subtle they still do in in some ways but not not really they're more on the all rock spectrum uh anyway all right so let's let's jump to the next record here so i'm only gonna play one track and let's just get right into it here q the song is called yates grave quite the groove in that song, dude. The way the bass guitar and drums, like the way that they play off each other is something else, dude. Like I love when the bass plucks alongside the the, the kick drum. Mhm. Like uh mimics it. Yeah. That's always a, that's always a cool cool groove. And that, man, they were like I just imagine that, that this song live I mean, I feel like they're just so in sync with this song. Yeah, and just, you know, like I was saying, it, it's the way she accentuates uh, certain parts of the verse and stuff like that that, that, that makes her vocal delivery so powerful. Because, like, just especially with Pretty, right, where it just comes at it like it just – her volume, the way she kind of – Fluctuates. The, the control that she volume. has. Yeah, yeah. It, it just – she really utilizes that um, – trick if you want to call it a trick that you know that tool um, well and yeah and and that's i mean there's a right and wrong way to sing into a microphone <laughs> yeah you know, like i don't know if it just comes naturally to her or, or what but like the way that it's captured on on these recordings is really really powerful yeah so yate yeah or yates i should say yates grave that is a poet by the name of, well, she actually said the full name, William Butler Yeats. Uh, so apparently she, uh, in an interview in 94, she said she was really into his poetry, that she wrote a song called Yates Grave the first time that she went to Sligo and saw where he was buried. She said he, uh, she loved his passion, the dreamer he was, and the fact that he looked beyond the material world to matters spiritual. It's awesome. Which is really representative of the Irish people as a race, so that's one thing about about um, Dolores as a songwriter, and and again, what you what you get from the Cranberries that you that you aren't going to hear in the rest of the the songs that were charting in the '90s on the rock radio and stuff like that. "Zombie" is about um, like an anti-war song about the Northern Ireland conflict, right? And like when you if you know if you're familiar with the lyrics, right? Their tanks, their bombs, their guns, right in your head. They are dying, zombie, 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 right. Yeah. So she sings about struggles and conflicts from where you know her native country, right, her birthplace and stuff like that. And so again, you get a perspective that you're not going to hear from Pearl Jam, you know. Right. Although you know Pearl Jam obviously sing about similar deep stuff like a uh, Jeremy, right yeah uh, a whole different kind of thing but like from the cranberry Kremberg, like cranberries you're, you're getting uh their perspective that that only they can bring because they're from from ireland and that's just what what they grew up knowing and stuff she went you know she's familiar with some poet like poetry is a, is a thing that that um irish people are known for apparently I mean, think about it. Like, they're two members of the band. They're descendants of a famous poet. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's obsessed with this poet dude. She went and saw his grave and stuff. Like, it's just part of who they are, you know? Let's take a quick break. All right. I got too more tracks, so let's blow through these next two here. Uh, This next song is just, it's fun. And I think it sounds, to me, it reminds me so much of the Smiths' song. Um, and, Q, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with the song, I might play it for you. It's a single, but it's uh, the Smiths' uh, Big Mouth Strikes Again. I don't believe so. I haven't given them a fair shake, man. Let me play that song real quick. Okay. No, this is a single. So, I know we don't play singles on this show, but sometimes we do. This is just to illustrate the comparison here. Because this is what I think of. Maybe I'm Maybe I'm alone in this, but when I hear... Uh, the song I'm going to play by the Cranberries next. This is the song I think of. And again, this is the Smith's Big Mouth Strikes Again. Yeah, dude. Every time I hear, I've heard a few songs from that album specifically, "The Queen Is Dead." Mm-hmm. Every time I hear one, I'm like, I think it's time I need to dive into The Smiths, and then I never do. Yeah, they're worth giving giving a listen to for sure. It's time. Um, anyway, so you heard that. Now here's this song by the Cranberries came out of their next record, "To the Faithful Departed," came out in 1996. Uh, this song is a little bit more aggressive. Uh, right out of the gate. You can tell me if you hear any similarities. I do, especially knowing that Dolores was influenced by the Smiths. All right. This song is fun. It's called, I Just Shot John Lennon. Right out the gate, right? Yeah. And I think totally. it, it's the way she strums. Like she the, the strumming patterns are very similar yeah. to uh to the Smiths. But um And that song reads like a um just like a standard uh country Western tune. Totally. It's very like storytelling, yeah, you know. Definitely. All right, that was another short and sweet song. There's only like a few a few seconds left in that track. But I got one more. And I think that this song is not to the extent that it was a single or that it was hugely popular but as far as the subject matter goes i think this next song was basically their zombie but for this record if you know what i'm saying like the the subject matter is similar but this was not a single it's the very last track i always get uh suspicious when i when i when i hear a song that i'm like that's kind of similar to this other one that was a huge hit on their previous record i'm always like well is that just the record label being like hey can you can you just give us another zombie please it could have even been like um maybe not even from from the get-go set out to be written like zombie or sound like zombie but then they tweak it in their studio or whatever like the producer's like let's make this one sound like zombie yeah the only reason i'm saying it is because it it has similar subject matter that's really it okay as far as it being about a political type thing so this song is called Bosnia. It's about um, this Yugoslav uh, civil war and like the brutality of it and stuff like that. And like um, how there's this war happening sort of in your backyard and you're just sort of like sitting at home, secure in your in your house kind of thing, right? So anyway, um, again, the song is called Bosnia. And I'm going to let this one play out a little bit, um, kind of a lengthier clip, because there's a lot of stuff that happens in the song, that that's kind of cool. All right, so again, this song is called Bosnia off of the Cranberries record To the Faithful Departed. cool way to like end the song and end a record too right yeah but yeah what a what a cool song um i love i love the concept of it like the drumming has got that sort of drummer boy uh marching drum beat which is really cool mm-hmm. uh, the way they close the song as you heard was like when did the saints go marching in as in like when is it over i think is what she's trying to say there yeah and yeah the lyrics are really interesting right like we all sing songs in our rooms Sarajevo erects another tomb. In other words, like like she was saying, like it's kind of shit, it's kind of like the, the fucking the war in Afghanistan, right? Like it's just this thing that's happening. You know what I mean? It's hap- yeah, dude. That's the thing, like I just have to you have to just not think about it. Right. And that's kind of the point she's making. For her, uh what she's thinking about is something that's like kind of like in your backyard and it's happening. Yeah. You know, it's a lot easier to distance yourself from it when it's across the globe, you know, with american soldiers in the middle east or whatever but like uh she's talking about civil war kind of in in, in that in, in the region that she's from you know really cool song i love the way that um and again like i love this is what makes it so fun and rewarding to listen to cranberries is what you uh, i mean i've been saying it all night what you get from her vocals right the way that she accentuates the words sarajevo over and over again in that kind of build up to the next verse i like that a lot she's got this growl kind of to her that she kind of lets out a little bit yeah and again it's that sort of like that that dichotomy of like her soft um vocals to the way that she can kind of really belt it out you know and hey dude another reason to listen to an album from start to finish because definitely gonna miss out on that sweet bosnia track if you don't give it a give it a go right and i was i was jumping around all over the place on these records trying to find the picks to play and i'm i'm glad that i made it to the end for bosnia because like you know imagine if i was like all right cool i just shot a lot john lennon that's a good enough song let me just stop there I've, i've got my picks but you know i had to keep going because you never know when like the best track your most favorite track on a record could be the very last track i can't tell you how many times i've i've done that where i've where i've gone back and listened to records that i love and i maybe for whatever reason never made it to the last track and then suddenly it's like oh crap this song on the record that's at the end is off a banger, you know? My new favorite track. It makes me think of um, Gimme Fiction. What's the last song on that? I couldn't tell you, but Tyler Darling could tell you in a heartbeat. Tyler Darling, uh, if you don't know, is the host of I Turn My Podcast On, which is a podcast dedicated to the greatest band of all time, perhaps, Q, Spoon. At least that's how he would say it. Merchants of soul, dude. Merchants of soul. Yeah, merchants of soul. It's a killer Imagine try. if you didn't uh, get all the way to the end. Of I album. don't want to try to even imagine. You'd that. never know. I don't want to know what that's <laughs> You can't. Yeah. Anyone who presses play on a Spoon album is going to make it all the way to the end. That's a very good point. <laughs> all right. So here's here's uh, the sad the sad truth about, um, about Dolores is she actually passed away in 2018 on the, the 25th anniversary of... Of their first record. Uh, so she was young. She was only 46. She died of a drug overdose. an uh, And a parent, and a parent uh, drug overdose from... She was found in a hotel bathtub kind of thing. Drowned in a bathtub. Had a bunch of drugs in her system. That kind of thing, right? Anyway, so you know um, the publication medium.com? The website? I'm aware of that publication. That's where I found that kick-ass article about shoegaze. Or Doomgaze, I should say. remember. It's just a platform where anybody can write and publish articles, right? So I found this uh, this story written right after uh, she passed away by somebody named Charles Tanzer on on uh, Medium. I actually have his name this time. Um, <laughs> it's called A Love Letter to Dolores O'Riordan of the Cranberries. And part of... And this is going to be kind of different because I'm going to read quite a bit here. But like, I love this kind of stuff. I love hearing these types of stories. So he was talking about how you know, where he was in his life when um, No Need to Argue came out, which was their second record. So I'm just going to read an excerpt from this piece by this guy, okay? He says, Dolores Mary Eileen O'Reardon, the 5'2 Dynamo from Limerick, is letting us all know just exactly what the fuck she thinks of stupid-ass wars. She's t- he's talking about zombie. It's powerful. She alternates between singing and screaming. And her voice grabs you and doesn't let go. I was living in Kyoto, the ancient historic capital of Japan, on a college junior year study abroad program when the song was released. He talks about how he bought a CD, because it's before Spotify and and streaming and all that kind of stuff. And he said that he had this hour-long bus ride that he would take from his host family in Yamashina, which was in the mountains in this beautiful idyllic japanese setting to the university in kyoto where he was studying right he says that during that hour-long commute he blasted the hell out of the cranberries and especially zombie on the disc man. and for those listening who are younger that's a portable cd player (laughs) yeah a cd is a disc that you used to play music from if you don't know Uh, (laughs) the view from the bus as he says as we descended the mountains to the central plain of kyoto was simply amazing He goes on and on to describe how beautiful it was, and he was saying the whole time he was blasting that zombie and daydreaming about war, life, love, loss, and nature, and he says that, uh, try to imagine, right, an American college student listening to an Irish folk rock band on a bus in Japan, right? It seems strange, that sort of, that image, right, but that's how much they meant to him, Right. Their music comforted me in a time when I was just finding my way in a new foreign country. They really made my adjustment to Japan easier and better. So I owe them a debt of gratitude. Anyway, I just loved that imagery and like that story of how important music is, right? And like, especially when you talk about like an American college student in Japan, listening to an Irish folk rock band, that doesn't seem as crazy nowadays because we're all so connected, right? But like in the 90s, he talks about how he ran out He ran out to the CD shop and, and, and um, found the record in Japan. But I just love – I love those types of moments where you're alone with music. You know what I mean? This guy was lucky enough to have an hour-long bus ride every day where he could zone out and listen to music while looking at these beautiful – mountains in japan like i can't even imagine that yeah man it kind of captures it captures the magic of the magic uh, of music you know having a close relationship with music yes exactly anyway i know that was kind of a tangent but i love hearing that kind of stuff that's great dude i appreciate it so anyway uh he he just wanted to write this this uh his experience and his connection with with the cranberries and specifically dolores you know after she passed away basically it was just him getting his thoughts out but there it is. Now it's on the internet forever. Anybody can find it, connect with it. So anyway, um, that's that. Uh, after that, they 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 continue to put out records, but uh, nothing was um, quite as uh, successful or the same as their first three records. I really like their first record. If you had to pick one to listen to all the way through, I'd, I'd recommend that one. There's a lot of solid stuff on here. Um, but there's great stuff scattered throughout their first three records um, beyond just the picks that I brought to the table today. But anyway, that's it, man. Awesome. Just scratching the surface of the, of the cranberries. But um, again, that's one of those bands that we all know very, very well. If you're, if you're a fan of nineties rock music, you know, their are three mega hits just like the rest of us do. But uh, if you've never really dug beyond the singles, like this is the kind of music that, that is uh, between the singles, as we like to say, Q. Love it, dude. Great great picks. Great picks. Thank you. All right, what else are we going to do, man? I don't know. I want st- to I want to stay in the 90s. All right, dude. we're going to stay in the 90s. We're going to figure this out right now. I've been talking about doing this record for a while, and this would be a pretty pretty big change of pace, but um built to spill. Now that would be something cute. Let's do it, man. If you're cool with with uh taking the reins once more because I don't really know anything about them, dude. Yeah, let's do Never got into them. Let's do keep it like a secret. Came out in nineteen ninety nine, so we're right on the the the, the edge of the nineties here. But that's gonna, you know, kinda like uh I don't know where you put built this bill. They're they're kind of like a um I don't wanna say emo, but they're certainly not if I could figure out how to use the new Spotify layout, I could find their bio <laughs> for you. I mean, would you put them in, like, the Modest Mouse? Yeah. Vein? Like, more on that side of things? Yeah, they're classified as indie rock. Yeah. That's a good enough umbrella to put them under. But they've been around for for a long, long time. So, but yeah, let's talk about "Built the Spills, Keep It Like a Secret. That's a great record. I hope that um, it's not nothing but singles on this record, because I know my favorites, if I had to pick some, and if they are singles, well, we're not going to play them, because we don't. We don't play singles on this. We can't. We can't do it. Yeah. All right. So next week we'll do built built to spill. The week after that, it might be time for another. What you heard? I don't know. Uh, it's gonna be time, dude. I'm gonna be. Yeah. Gonna be ready to share some more tunes with you. All right. Built to spill next week. What you heard after that? And then who knows? Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll maybe we'll switch. Q. Maybe we'll switch it up. Finally. I think so. Yeah. I think it'll be it'll be time. All right. Cool. As we head into June. Well, we know what's coming in June, dude. We won't spill beans, but we already have at least one episode in store for us. But we'll, we'll talk about it um, during the What You Heard episode. It's gonna be hard for us not to spill beans. Yeah. Well, we're gonna talk about because we're gonna play the single. Oh, you're right. No one knows what we're talking about, but yeah, dude, I can't wait. All right. Well, you, uh, yeah, yeah, you can uh, find us on Twitter at no Filler Podcast. Uh Shout out to us. Tell us what what you like and don't like about the show. Just say something to us, you know? Anything. It's, it's not hard. Is it hard? I don't know. I don't tweet. It's really not that hard. Yeah, just say something to us. We'll respond to you. Um, tell us, hey, you know what? What's one of your favorite Cranberries tracks that I missed? Tell us Tell us. Uh, maybe a song from some of their later stuff that, that we overlooked. Let us know your favorite Cranberries track and we'll play it as an outro on our What You Heard. Yeah. It's that simple, people. You heard it here. You want to you want you want your stuff played on on the you know we're we're like radio DJs man, this is for real. This is a request. We're taking requests right now. Our what you heard is our monthly mixtape, and we try and we've we've been successful for the last three to have our outro come from one of our listeners, or you know friend of the show. We want to play your tunes. Let us know what your favorite help. Let us know what your favorite built to spill is. Yeah, good call, dude. Built a spill, man. They've got a ton of music. They're still putting out music, so yeah. If you're listening right now, that makes you a listener, and we would like to hear from you. That's how that <laughs> Especially works. Especially if you make it, if you made it to the end of this yeah. episode, that means you're a listener. Exactly. So give so us a reach shout out on, on Twitter. Twitter, Jinx Coke. <laughs> All right. Um, you can also find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. That's pantheonpodcasts.com. the home of Podcasts for music lovers. I do think we switch that up every time. I don't know what the actual slogan is. That's cool. Probably should know that by now. But uh, PantheonPodcast.com. Lots of great music-centric podcasts, including us. (laughs) (laughs) Yours truly is what I was going to say. Us. uh, 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 The two of us. Uh, Anyway, just about anything anything that, that tickles your fancy, you can find a show about it. Most likely on the Pantheon Podcast Network. So that's PantheonPodcast.com. And uh, that's that. We're going to come at you next week with Built to Spill and their record, Keep It Like a Secret. That's all we got for you. My name is Travis. And I'm Quentin. We'll talk to you all later.
0: What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house. The happy family. The money. What's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing?
2: What's the problem? What's the problem?
0: Would you lie? Would you cheat?
2: Would I shop? Would I shot?
0: Would you kill?
2: Yes. My mom is dead. My mom is right there.
0: From Airship